I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 11 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our week 6 suspension episode. This episode is brought to you by League Suspensions, a time when everyone becomes a fantasy fan. Uh, No, no, wait. Uh, Actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing Patreon group of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. You guys rock so much, all the time. Big hearts. Big hearts to you all. Love. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I am joined tonight by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you fellas doing? Good. Doing well. Bet- uh, better than my COVID beard. So <laughs> Yes. Yes. For those of you who are listening, uh, you'll need to go check the MLS Fantasy Boss YouTube account if you don't regularly check our or join us for our live streams. Mike is... is uh, grooming himself right now into the video camera he is uh, rocking a beard due to his quarantine and uh, both mike and blaine have put up virtual backgrounds with taking advantage of the zoom technology mike is rocking some what is that the lsu locker room i think it's the lsu entrance the lsu trophy room. LSU. Oh, okay okay that shiny thing. Okay, okay, yeah, I couldn't see the trophy. Like, I could see just the right <laughs> side, my my right of, of Mike, which looks sort of like Cubbies, and so I thought it was, but I, it was clearly LSU with the color scheme. And Blaine is rocking uh, one of the MLS Fantasy Insider graphics that we have that, that makes it look like a studio. It's not really a studio, since we're all in different places, but uh, I did have a Death Star, and I decided I didn't like the way that works, so I'm just back to my normal background in my little geek retreat right here. So uh, check it out. If you haven't, it's this is some fun visuals this week. So just head over to YouTube real quick and, and give that a look-see. Uh, but if not, just enjoy the episode. Uh, as always, I am just going to remind everyone that the reason we're still doing this is because I know that everyone, and at least the vast majority of people, are quarantined and not able to go out to work or out to have a normal just experience of, of life and socializing and we just wanted to do our part during this time. It would be really easy to just not do anything and say, hey, games aren't going on. There's clearly no fantasy going on, so we're just going to stop. But we don't want to. We want to help contribute to the mental well-being of everyone, which is equally as important as your physical and, and just health well-being right now. But that mental health well-being, I mean, everyone should be healthy at home and doing what they can to, to be safe. And we just want to help you get through that. And if it's just with 45 minutes to an hour... <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the joke itself. When do we ever hit the 45 minutes to an hour mark? But even if it's just a little bit of time to just uh, relax with some silly talk about soccer or fantasy stuff, that's that's what we want to do, our little part to help during this time right now. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy our show about the biggest fantasy mo- No, that's not it. We're not doing that, are we? <laughs> no, we decided we decided not to do that. So that was Blaine. What was your idea last week? Which is is sort of like our topic a, this week. Like a top ten fantasy moments or big moments in the fantasy game that we can remember, and a lot of those ended up being pretty personal, like yeah, personal yeah. achievements, which is understandable. There was there were some other ones that we threw out there that we've kind of been discussing. Um, I just want to throw this out there because we have to, and that's the forty four point double game week. Like oh, that's... I I have a personal story. Don't don't be taking. Uh, I feel like, yeah. I feel like you're you're yeah. treading on on stealing, Blaine. But, no 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 no. But that's uh, that's kind of become fantasy legend. But there there's stories like that. You only have to say a few words and people know what you're talking about on some of those. And so just those highlights for that we've got, and everybody's got stuff different. So chat if you have those big moments, throw them out there for us because we'd love to talk about them, discuss them a little bit because everybody's got their own little fantasy stories that they love. But we like to share some of those and then just share some of the like major milestones that we may or may not have kept track of over the years. Yeah, that was the problem that we that we came up with is that it is so so personal. Like, did you have so and so player on your team when they went off? If so, that's a great fantasy moment for you. But 
I didn't have that player on my team. I actually have a horrible track record of having the the hat trick players on my team. And so it's it should be more readily just standing out in my mind than it is. But uh, we started thinking this shouldn't just be us giving you a top five or a top ten list of our favorite fantasy moments because we want to hear your favorite fantasy moments as well. And so I sent the message out on Twitter and I got a few responses from people. So thank you so much, everyone who participated in this little exercise that we did. And if you're listening to us right now in chat, hello, thank you for joining. We want to know your fantasy moments as well. So we'll go through a few. I'll give you a cue. You can start sharing your moments. We're going to read them, but then we're also going to sort of talk about the surrounding circumstances around those moments and just some related events that they remind us of. And these don't have to be good. Let me, let me just throw that out right there. Some of these could be horrible, crushing defeats. If you, if oh, you want to, there we go. If you want to throw those out there too, I mean, <laughs> a big, this is, it's the big chances flubbed version of fantasy moments is what it is. So RIP, that's that. Uh, so that's, that's the goal tonight. So happy that you could be with us. Uh, so happy everyone who's in chat with us right now. Six, please do share uh, this on social. I got that going right before the episode started. You may have noticed, but if you are listening right now in chat, uh, please give us a share and try to get people to come. Uh, yes, Adam, I got yours, and uh, they are on my list for things that we're going to talk about right now. So, uh, but let's let's just let Mike and Blaine go first. Mike, uh, since Blaine sort of spilled the beans, some let's go ahead and and do the the infamous forty four point double game week. Yeah, so I, I I feel like I should go with this one because I was actually in a head to head with Jason that week. Um. And the important part to know about this is it's so it's a double game week and it's not just like a little tiny double game week. Um, I think four teams are involved. I'm pretty sure the four teams involved are Chicago, both New York's and Toronto. Um, Jason captains David Akam. I'm his head to head opponent. David Akam gets a red card like 20 minutes into the first game. His captaincy is ruined. Um, and then I think he has a bunch of New York City players. New York City rotates the first game against Toronto. Like Patrick Mullins plays against Toronto. I think he either ha- I think he has an assist. So, you know, Patrick Mullins moments. Great, great week. Then he has New York City players. I have mostly Red Bulls players. This is important because the game is a slightly infamous game in which the New York Red Bulls score seven goals against no goals for the New York City mighty pigeons (laughs) so i'm sitting there watching jason's team being destroyed almost as bad as my favorite mls team being destroyed kind of like you know the the gif where it's like like well my team's getting destroyed but you know sasha's getting a assist and bwp's got a hat trick so i captain bwp so at least i'm getting fantasy points out of this so i'm like crying and smiling at the same time so much pain so much joy in fantasy literally the only joy i got was fantasy in jason's failure eclipsing the failure of my own team um but yeah i mean literally everything that could go wrong went wrong your captaincy has gone your other players get in a blowout to end all blowouts it, it was just a perfect storm i don't think we've ever seen it again um i mean Sometimes even Andrew Weeby, when he does this, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only person who could even begin to challenge for the the lowest double game week score of all time. Uh, I mean, it was going to be fun this year with the 2020 season, which we still will get some back to test this new mm-hmm. rule set out. But having the split double game weeks was really going to put a, a different spin off everything. But just just the way. Double game weeks are the ultimate because MLS moment within within MLS fantasy lore, clearly, but of all MLS, just because of the crazy rotations and just the the weird things that happen. How many times during a double game week has has own goal come out with the the highest scoring points during a game, <laughs> or own goal come away with the winning the winning points, and you're just like, oh my gosh, my my team was ruined by that random own goal, which was. Not not own goal, but last year's Sporting Kansas City team, that was basically almost every game that they played early on when they were winning was a horrible fantasy moment in the last, like, minute 
of stoppage time. <laughs> that was you. It was just yeah. it was horrible. So pretty much like right there, Blaine, stamp it. Every sporting Kansas City game from 2019 in fantasy. Oh yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Like it was bad for fans too, but it was bad in fantasy. See, I I remember. I don't know if this was last year or the year before where I was at a wedding um, and it was a wedding for one of my wife's coworkers. So I didn't really know anyone there. And I'm just like checking my phone while drinking free drinks from the open bar. Um, <laughs> and this was like, Oh no, sporting Kansas city blew a goal. No, no. Why do they blow the collision? Madranda came off a bit of a four. Yes. 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 And that's the opposite of it. Of, yeah. That's when you, when that was the birth of the Madranda and you were, you knew you were okay. You knew everything was going to be okay. Uh, I'm going to share one real quick now from uh, Adam Tembereo, who is one of our chat members with us right now. And he shared this with me on, on Twitter earlier, a few days ago. And he's got two memories for us. I'm just going to, to go with the first one. Right now, he says, he goes, hey, Andrew Barnacle, which is his buddy on Twitter, who I'm going to also give a shout out right here, who was a great sport with, with this tweet. Remember when I captained King Jack Elliott on a double game week and he scored three goals in two games? And Andrew was not very happy about that. So <laughs> I, did some, I did some research, and I think it might have been a little bit of a misremembrance, or it could have just been a, a score adjustment. I didn't find a game where Jack Elliott had three goals in two games. But I did find a game in uh, in August of 2018 where Jack Elliott had two goals in a single game of a double game week against the New England Revolution. And I think that's got to be it. Uh, so the 2018 match against New England in August was uh, just gold for Adam. And it's all because of those head-to-heads like you were talking about there, Mike. Those those head to head matches, or at least playing in leagues with your buddies, that's that's where yeah. it all comes my, in. My other big memory is on the losing end of a head to head match. I don't know if you want to do that one now, or we can save it. I will get that one in a second, Blaine. Let's yeah. go with uh, one of your memories. Um, I mean, just the the invention of the Madranda, being a Kansas City homer, cheap guy that I had a lot of faith in. I mean, he was in my roster for most of that time while he was pulling that off. And it was just one of those waves that I got on early. I got on for the first week. We helped coin the phrase on the show for the Madranda and just rode that as long as we could. And that was a huge one for me, just being the homer I am. And just it, just fun times just to see one of, one of the nicest players I've gotten the chance to be around. Um, just see his name go up in lights for fantasy was huge for me. And just I'll never forget that whole scenario because it was just so random. Um, defender playing as a winger and getting decent points, but getting subbed out before the team lost a clean sheet over and over and over again. And that's when I was playing draft, I was loading up on Kansas city defenders anyway, but to see the clean sheet saved by getting subbed out was just uh, priceless. <laughs> because you're a Homer, right? Yeah. It's because, partially because I'm a Homer. Partially because you're a Homer. I think it's, I think it's completely because you're a homer. Uh, so I have, I'm going to share a moment that's not, didn't actually happen to me, but uh, this happened, I'm, I'm pretty sure this happened to uh, Travis when he was still on the show. And he is a, one of the original MLS Fancy Insider hosts, and so was big into the fancy game several years ago. And he lives very close to the stadium. So he's in Houston. So he is at all the Houston games going on. So he's, he's always there, a big, a big personality there and back in the day Houston was really good at integrating or connecting fantasy to how it was doing its fan outreach and so from what Travis would tell me is that if you won in their fantasy league that week they would get people special prizes at the stadium so like you could get better seats or mostly it was you'd get to go behind the scenes and meet a player at the locker room after the game or at halftime or something like that. And so because Travis was very in the fantasy scene, he was often the number one scorer in the sport in, in the Houston. That's like a horrible thing. You got your sporting Kansas city <laughs> background there, Blaine. It's, it's just in my face, but he would yeah. often win first place. And so he would get these little prizes. And so I remember he did talk about having great seats often, but also one time he mentioned he got to go back behind and I think he got to meet Giles Barnes 
and uh, that was just a really cool moment. So I'm going to share that for Travis. I called him out on Twitter, and he didn't participate. So I'm just going to share that moment that I remember Travis talking about is just the awesome prizes that or connections that some teams used to give for playing fantasy. So that is a very good one. Well, I, I should probably mention um, I, I got to meet Travis because, I mean, Houston's one of the closest stadiums to me. So I've gone to two Houston nine row games and both times um, I talked to Travis and it's like, hey, I'm coming in. Um, you want to hang out and grab beers, you know, before or after the match. Uh, I get to, getting to meet him was cool. It was also kind of nice to have a place to crash. Uh, we'll let the traffic go out and <laughs> hang out with him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely meeting some people is probably up there in fantasy moments uh, for, for me. And meeting Travis was really cool. So you had another one, Mike, you were going to share with Blank. You can go ahead and share that one now with your head-to-head. Okay, so, so my agony head-to-head was I was in a head-to-head with Simon. And I remember on the podcast, he and I had an argument about who to captain during this double game week for the Montreal Impact. Ignacio Piatti or Didier Drogba. Their midweek game was against New York City. It was a 0-0 game. New York City had all the chances but I, I guess it was Bush was just not letting it go in or New York City was fluffing its lines. I don't remember what it was. Then there was a BS foul call at like 91 or 88 minutes. JDA draw because it's Yankee Stadium. It's, you know, even though it's like a mile from the box, it's still really, really close. Um, JDA Drogba has a beautiful free kick. It goes in. I immediately get a tweet from Simon being like, I captured the right guy. And I just threw the phone. <laughs> and because we had had the argument on the podcast and we were in head-to-head that week. Like, my team just lost. My fantasy team just lost. I hate everything. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so one that I'm going to share, this is a throwback for me. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait because we're, uh, we're talking about some rough moments that people experience. So... I'm going to share this moment that Steve McPherson sent in on Twitter. Uh, Steve has been on the show at least once, maybe twice, and he does some fantasy content up in Minnesota. Uh, so him and he and Jamie Watson uh, do some stuff. So uh, if not, check those guys out on, on Twitter. But Steve sent this one in because I knew he would have something, and he said, I'll tell you what. Actually, just said I tell you, but I added the what there. I tell you. Nothing is going to top the time that Jamie Watson not only st- Started, but captained Corey Burke the week he was effectively deported in 2019. Now, now nice. this this I looked it back up. I looked it up, and uh, this came in April 20th. So April 20th, 2019 was the last game that Corey Burke played in MLS, and it was against Montreal. And he got a goal. He played like 70 minutes. Got a goal, so I'm sure that was a great game. That was, I believe he got two goals in three games during during that stretch right there. So I can see why you'd be like, wow, yeah, we were guys, talking this guy's about hot. Fantasy option. Yeah, 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 I could I could see why you'd think that. But that was it. He was never in the team after that. And, and what this has reminded me of that I want to reminisce some with you guys is how crucial it's been in fantasy to find players like that. Uh, at least this was especially during the time before we had uh, the midseason adjustment. But finding those players who got into the game and then disappeared were switcheroo gold. Switcheroo gold. <laughs> so did you guys ever luck out and get those players? Oh, disappeared. Um, so I will say, I can't remember their names. There's because... been a few. So most of the time, at least with unlimited transfers, I've used New York City players. I'm like, I know they're in USL. I know they're never going to see the light. There you go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> That's usually um, what it was. And I can't remember some names either, but there have been several times when I've found a couple of players at the beginning of a season who, and this was a bit more relevant when we had limited transfers, not so much with the unlimited, yeah. uh, but when we had limited transfers, no matter what the quality was, and I'd find a, a one or two guys and sometimes you just dumb luck on into it. And they're usually USL guys who got called up to do something, some trials or something, got into the team, and then poof, this disappeared. Their names are long forgotten, but their contributions to our fantasy team will live on forever. 
forever. Forever. Blaine? Um, yeah, uh, just fun one that we have, because I don't remember a lot of my scores. I don't really have the standout head-to-head wins or the losses that I can remember. I've always felt like the underdog. Really, because I feel like I can remember a loss from you. Um, <laughs> I was gonna bring I, up. I've lost to everybody, though. I mean, I've lost to Weeby, so. Oh, well, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Which I isn't that, just... that's like my only. I mean, maybe it's my only fantasy moment from 2020. But if it if it is, it's worth it because yeah. you lost to Weeby. Yeah. Which means you automatically are gonna get the wood spoon for our league with Weeby's face. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Etched, etched into it. Yeah. The, yeah. the home long-haired Weeby face. Oh yeah, that would be quarantine weeby, quarant weeby. I'm glad we don't do a tattoo bet around the head-to-head league because oh, no. quarantine weeby tattooed on somebody would probably be a little too much. But, I mean, uh, look, if you go in with that Andy Reid mustache and the quarantine weeby tattoo, <laughs> you're just gonna clean up. You're gonna just oh, be like, gosh. I'm not gonna mess with that guy. Oh man, because if that guy's willing to do that to his body, I don't know what he wants to do to me. <laughs> Yeah, um, the one the one I've got a uh, long running gag that we've had, that we finally got an answer when we went to um, unlimited transfers, but the triple switcheroo, mm. and how polarizing that whole idea was that you could run a triple switcheroo or not, and before unlimited transfers it was actually impossible to run a triple switcheroo, unlimited transfers fixed the rulings you can run a triple switcheroo now because you can put three guys on your bench and you can put, you can sub them in, but you have, you can put three other players in to fill for them. So you can run three separate switcheroos from your bench in the old system. You could do three guys on your bench and two guys in the starting lineup. And it was essentially a three players into two spot auto room. And you're not making any, any changes, but the definitive answer when we got to the new system you could finally run a triple switcheroo, but it took going to unlimited transfers, and there were certain people who swore that you could do it in the old system beforehand. And it was fun to just go back and forth on that one, but when the rules changed and we could finally tell them, now you can officially run a triple switcheroo and could prove them wrong, it was just, it was worth it. You seem to Mike's have t- some, yeah, some opinions of that, Mike. Yeah, I think it's a double switcheroo with three players. Because it's still only two spots you can do. No, you can do it with three. You can do it with three spots now. You have three subs. You can put fill all three sub spots with guys in the first match. You can put three scrubs in, and if you don't like any of those first three scores, you can replace all three scrubs with somebody else. Triple switcheroo. Because you're not. That's that's different than what's usually done. So I think I'm going to step in. I I agree with Mike because what you're talking about is if you don't like the the three scores on your bench you go and change three players in your field yes and i don't call that a switcheroo i call that utilizing the unlimited transfers with the rolling lockouts it's not it's not a switcheroo to me the switcheroo is having the guy come off your bench you like him you take somebody out of your team to force that that switch if you do three people you should have just started those players. So you're not switching anything. You're just forcing your three auto subs. But if you have two people, like Mike's talking about, the double switcheroo, you're getting the two highest of the three people to take that to take that advantage. So I still don't believe in well, that's an auto the triple switcheroo. Okay. That's an auto roo if you put three on your bench and you only take the top two scores because you're just letting the auto subs fix it for you. Okay, so reverse it. Say you put three moderate price players on your bench just in case because you've got the extra money especially this year and then you throw in three really good guys out there but all three of your guys on the bench hit even though you may have a valeri and um a Polito this year that you that you like but you're like well all three of my bench guys hit early let's go drop these guys off the field you can still do it no you're just doing auto transfers the the switcheroo depends upon having either two players on your bench for one spot or three players for two spots because you're trying to switch no, in the, the highest the ones. Auto but you're that's forcing. It's it's the auto-roo when you just leave it alone. It's the switcheroo when you force the change. But if you do it with three people, you're just doing the auto-sub. 
but if you but if all three of them come in, it's a triple. You've got it. You can work it so all three of them come in, which makes it the triple. It's not a switcheroo, though. Yeah, it is. You're just subbing in three guys whose points you've seen. Yeah, that's the point of the switcheroo. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you, Reed. I mean, it, it's it, you're switching in people, and also I think the mechanics usually mess with this because I mean, in in practicality, it's usually two defenders and one other player. Um, for me, it's usually I mean mostly a forward, um, and so you're having to choose, and so especially there's a switch option of you're picking between one of the defenders, um, and I mean that that ends up being an auto route. I mean, I, I think ultimately most of this comes down to the auto route has generally taken place more prominence over the switch route um, with the way the transfers are now. Um, I mean, especially in the years past, you didn't have the money to do the switch route, but you could do the auto route and keep a route. Oh, talking about talking about your beard uh shannon thinks that's just semantics is all it comes down to and otherwise people are talking about mike's beard how he has a little bit of time left to catch up to to blaine i, I do although I, I think blaine may, maybe blaine did this more. I, don't, I don't know how long blaine's been growing it out but it seemed like last week he was andrew andy reed and now he's got a beard again so this I, is I, what's I, gonna I think i have to submit to to blaine's beard superiority so i said I, I just posted it in chat other than the mustache i shaved more recently than mike did um, this yeah. last week, I did trim up the mustache and got rid of all the extra length on it to kind of blend in a little bit better. He's bragging. He's bragging right now. Uh, so, no, this is this is the argument for the ages. I mean, forget your politics, forget your religion, whatever. It's Where all about... Jason? We need to get the, him I don't, here He's, he's looking at stars. I mean, he's got a family, and he's got a job, and he's got a telescope. Which, by the he's way... He's got you, a drone you, with a telescope. If you haven't looked at, at Jay's <laughs> pictures from his telescope, it's pretty sweet. I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty sweet. Yeah, we're going to make... Go ask him and follow him on Instagram. If you, oh, yeah, Instagram. Okay. You can't do it on Twitter. He's locked. But, I mean, like, we're going to make fun of him right now because it's just good Twitter banter. But, I mean, it's actually pretty sweet. So, <laughs> he's going to get us a Doesn't picture of Mars. down the street from an RSL player now, too, or something? Uh, he used to... Or used to... No, like... so Guy Sanchez used to live next to... I forget who it was. Guy Sanchez lived in like the same apartment complex as a as a as a Timbers player, and then I think Jason did too. But like he moved in and then got traded. I don't know. It was something weird like that happened. Wasn't it Luis Silva that he lived uh, down the road from, I and then Silva got know. traded? I don't remember. He did get yeah, traded. Uh, Adam says he hopes the switcher argument is settled in fantasy 4.0. We'll see. But yeah, this is it. This is your argument: triple switcheroo or double switcheroo. Forget forget your politics. Forget your religion. Forget your ice cream flavors. Forget whatever. Um, who shot first? Any of that stuff? What colors of dress? It's is it a double or a triple switcheroo? That's that's the next great battle in this country. The gift that keeps on giving. I bring it up as something that I thought was settled, and here we are making more memories on it. We will do that, Shannon. Next week we'll get we'll get Jason to send us some of his best uh, telescope pictures, and we'll put that in our in our backgrounds for for the Zoom. All right, I tease mine. Uh, so. One of my first fantasy years, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, uh, but this was in 2012, the uh, the time when MLS Fantasy was still letting you play during the Cup. And it just changed the number of, yeah, I've mentioned this during our history lesson. Uh, it changed the number of players, the maximum number of players you could have from each team. And this was the quarterfinals of Sporting Kansas City versus houston and i decided this was this was back in the day when houston pretty much never gave up at home they're they were like the the colorado Ra rapids of soccer back at that time as far as just being rock solid home and it was like that for like two years and it was a huge disappointment to us when in the fantasy world which you're like yeah give me that houston guy give me tally hall give me these people no no it did not work at very long. Uh, but back then, it was still going strong. And I decided I was going to go just all in with with a five-player Houston background uh, back line. And by golly, Houston won that game 2-0 to zero at home against Sporting Kansas City. They, they went on to lose when they went away, but that was just expected. But they won 2-0, and I got in all of those bonus points 
from that Houston back line, and it shot me up in the in the ranks. And that year, I finished 25th overall in the in the league, and I got myself a sporting Kansas City jersey as the reward because I just felt like that was that was fitting for because of that match. So I have that jersey that reminds me of that match that Houston won for me. I don't know why I didn't get a Houston one, but I just felt like getting the sporting Kansas City one was was funnier. And uh, by golly, I think I was right. I think I was right. Uh, let's go on to one from Ben Bear. I sent a message out to to Weeby and them, and Ben responded. I mean, we know all of Weeby's moments revolve around him forgetting what it was and trying to remember the name of the intern who had his password last. But for Ben Bear, he sent one, and he said, how about every season when I, Ben Bear, had the most points and somehow Kevin Chrisman from MLS wins the playoff every time. So this is in their private MLS league. And uh, Ben apparently just has horrible luck when it comes to head-to-heads. And this is one of the reasons why I love head-to-heads so much is Ben is crying, QQ, right here. Uh, He has the most points. Clearly he's the better fantasy player, but his matchups did not work. And he is getting beat every year apparently in the little mls employees league right there and uh, that is that is horrible i feel his pain i know that happened often uh, when phil was still playing with us he would be doing some some great points uh and uh would oftentimes drop and we've seen this a lot in the mls fi head-to-head league as well uh, do you guys have some memories of times when you were clearly winning in points but not so much in your head-to-head scores um the tacos league is like that for me. I joined a Cascadia league and came in and cleaned house. I was really proud of that stat for a long time. But as the competition level got a little better, I would always be up there. Number, number one or two with Jessup Gage, RJ Gage been on the show a few times. He and I would just dominate that league points wise, but somewhere along the line, we would pick up one stupid loss along the way, or we'd get paired up against one of the other contenders and we'd take one loss throughout the season we'd never be able to make up that ground on the other guy or one of the other players and it didn't matter how much we dominated that league we take one bad head-to-head loss because of the way the schedule comes out and we're done i was just checking right now on instagram to see if i could find some pictures that jason's taken and he's he's lied to us unless he has another instagram account because these are like all pictures of him and his family and Look at his top. It's Astro. It's backyard. He has a personal account and then a ah, uh, there it is. There it is. Yes. Uh, so check out at Astro Backyard Utah. A S T R O B A C K Y A R D U T A H uh, to find out Jason's pretty sweet. Ooh, that's the moon. Pretty sweet images right there. Little thing I learned, apparently at some point in time, some company was trying to get funding so they could build a giant advertising billboard in space that would be roughly the same size and brightness as the moon. They did not get funding, and now there was a law against that. So uh, there's your random non-MLS piece of knowledge today inspired by Jason's pictures. I have some other random moon-related knowledge, but I don't know if, any, if we want to keep going down that road. Uh, we can share that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that one. Do you have another fun moment? If not, I've got some more from from our listeners. Uh, let's go to the listeners. All right. To the listeners. This one comes from Ian Pritchard, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so this is not an MLSI, MLSFI, or MLS Fantasy moment but i think it's fitting because ian was on to talk about the homebrew fantasy leagues and so he wanted to share a uh, a homebrew fantasy moment and i thought that was very appropriate and it comes from the mls show league that we participate in that he talked about and this was against another mike from houston who participates in that league and i think this does catch a pretty classic fantasy success and frustration that a lot of us will have i'm sure uh so he said it was the finals in april of 2017 and mike from the other houston fan not not our mike here uh needed to make 20 points uh with them both having a game left so both he they only had one point to one game left and they, he needed 20 points to secure the win and he crushed his pick he had shuttleworth going off with uh, the 1-0 win over colorado and that gave him 
2.5 points more than what Ian had. So that clean sheet helped helped uh, other Mike beat Ian in their in their little match there in the show league. That was that was until MLS had their points refresh and uh, decided on the on the update day to give Agadello a goal, which was originally awarded as an own goal, swinging the match toward Ian, who had Agadello as uh, his player in that match. So how many times, guys, and people in chat and people listening right now, have you had a fantasy score and thought, hot dang, hot dog, hot MLS... And then you come back the next day and you go, where did my points go? Why am I now losing? Why am I now tied? I know I've had several times when I'm like, yes, I got that extra point I needed to beat insert player from head-to-head league. And then they come back and be like, I'm either losing by one or, or a draw. Mostly it's been I've lost by one point, which has been the, the bigger one. I mean, I find the more surprising thing there is having Agadello and having him be a difference maker to get you a win in fantasy. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I remember that. I think there was, it, it might have been like an international break or something because for some reason everyone had New England players. I, I remember it, it was something, or maybe it was just because Colorado was that bad. Um, so everyone uh, piled on uh, against Colorado. Uh, but I remember that one specifically because the best part about it was they changed it Monday or Tuesday. And there was like Isn't a huge a fight. Change? Yeah, so it was late change. So it didn't count for fantasy for our scoring, but it changed the price rise for Agadello in our game. But because Show League is different, they could actually count it. And so they, they re-ran the numbers. So I think poor oh. Sean had to do like two checks because he did an initial check um, and then a recheck because the score was so close. And then when it changed, he then did it twice. <laughs> Hmm. That is rough. That's a Brian, Blaine, you have another one to share? Yeah, go back old school a little bit, and this one ties in both MLS Fantasy and my draft league. Um, it was 2015, and everybody was doing crazy things. We were watching different things. Um, I remember grabbing Kyle Lauren so early on that year, um, about two, three weeks before he really went off, and that was his 17 goal performance. And I think 2015 was still in the old transfer system. So it wasn't a player you were just going to get and drop every couple of weeks as you see it. So I rode this Kyle Lauren high for a 17 goal rookie campaign in MLS fantasy, but I snagged him so early in the draft league about three weeks in when he was starting to really surge up the top of the list. Um, Everybody in my league started trying to make claims for him only to find out I had him. And it was one of those random, I think he was a 4.0 or 4.5 when he started that season in the old price structure. And there wasn't as much change at that point either. So he stayed really cheap throughout the entire season as well. It was just one of those um, perfect storms for a guy who ended up giving you massive points at a really good price. And then I added on that I've grabbed him in the draft league. And that was just one of those... I'd want to run the numbers on it, but I think points per value, that has to be one of the best all-time seasons by any single player for their cost throughout the year. So another one for me was uh, Daigo Kobayashi, and <laughs> I am looking up the uh, exact year right now, but I remember the first the first season that that he was in MLS – and give me just a second points if you guys know this right now i forgot to look it up it was 2015 i beat you right there uh so in 2015 i was checking out a lot of the preseason stuff and i don't do that as much anymore for the scores because i i don't find that it's necessarily as great or or i'll just check the last couple of weeks or last couple of games of preseason i was but i was looking at every preseason game back then to to really try to see if i could find a diamond in the rough and i had uh had an eye on daigo kobayashi during that time and he was someone who really stood out to me and so i am going through 
That can't be right. Maybe it wasn't the 2015 season. Maybe it was 2016 season. Let me check real quick. Anyway, what happened was I was watching him as he was 16, 15 or 16. And yes, that's what it was. It was 2016. He had played in 15. I had watched him in 16. And I was like, he's really, he's really getting it right now. He's really on a great run. And so just off a, a random thing, I was like, I'm going to put Daigo Kobayashi in my starting lineup for the first round of fantasy. And I did that, and he did not start. And I was like, well, son of a gun, this this is a horrible way to start the season. Week one, having Daigo Kobayashi, after he was... I mean, he was tearing it up during preseason. I want to think he was getting, like, a for the last few games where he got, like, three goals and four assists, something like that. He was on set plays and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, he's going he's gonna to do it. And it was Houston away, and they were horrible when they were away. Awesome when they were at home. And he comes on five minutes, and I'm like, okay, well, great. Now he's come on for five minutes, and that's blown any kind of score and gets a goal. And I was like, there it is, right there. And I felt just so justified in everything that I was doing for Daigo Kobayashi <laughs> to get me that give me that points. I, I don't remember how well I finished that that round, but I just remember that I had Kobayashi, and that was like, yes, yes. That made me feel <laughs> so good for finding that little player. I think I may have actually tipped him in an article as well, and so that was like the the double pat on the back right there having having tipped him and have him do well uh, but that does get me to adam's second i told you he sent to second memory that he put on there and this is just a general memory overall and i think um and it's about failed switcheroos and he says uh, other than the handful of 4.0 scrubs that i put in uh, and switcheroos that decided to make their MLS debut that week in the 89th minute, destroying all of my switcheroos. I think that is a fantasy memory or big moment in fantasy that we can all relate to is having somebody on your bench who you are so sure would not play <laughs> sub in and destroy your switcheroo, be it a double or a triple destroying your switcheroo and it's just it's just gone um that's why myself i try to find guys who are injured or aren't in the league anymore mm-hmm. any fun memories for you guys about that and by fun i mean horrible oh there was a few times last year where i was like busy and i think it was like a timbers player i remember who it is but i was like I- i'm not playing a timbers player and he came in and it, it like it, it was it was massive it was like a double-digit point loss as a result. It's always the Timbers that I get screwed up because they always have the late <laughs> games. There was a while there too, Mike, where we didn't need to pick with uh, David Villa if you picked David Villa. I mean, that's true. Well, I mean, it was kind of a... It was both because if you picked David Villa, it was okay. I picked David <laughs> Villa. is not okay. <laughs> uh, Adam just added that he's, he's sure that 50% of the time that he would have a guy who was listed as injured but then would come on and play anyway um that's a special rant for you mike right there so i I, but i have um a special um absent story if you want to go there now uh one thing on the one thing on the scrubs playing i got burned so early on in my fantasy time that i am super paranoid about it and so I watch lineups for my late scrubs. And if I see them even on the bench, I start making changes. Like I am, I, but it only took getting burned once or twice. And I know I lost at least one game based on that, but I got super paranoid that I always make the change. Like I will pay the extra half million to make the change, to make sure my scrub won't be playing at all in case there's an injury, because with my luck, there will be an injury and I will, and my scrub will play. And she's Shannon, it's not an injury situation that I'm angry about. It's not an injury. She's Shannon, oh, this is some sort of undisclosed injury. I, I can handle undisclosed injury. I'm used to being lied to about undisclosed injuries. This is not an injury story. Well, don't leave us waiting. Y'all too will remember, this involves Robbie Keane and the Los Angeles <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the PR person for the Los Angeles Galaxy, because this isn't going on MLS on dot com. I'm gonna say Adam Serrano, who needs to burn in hell for this. Story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. 
I asked him on Twitter like a week ago. So this was the scenario. This is Robbie Keane's last international match with Ireland. Before he, so he was leaving. Ireland had two games. that The first one was the last home game for Ireland, after which he was retiring. It was a big thing, big to do, blah, blah, blah. And I asked him if he was going to come back and be available for the next week. So, you know, he's having like a match on Thursday. They have a double game week the next week. He answered me publicly on Twitter and said, yes, he will be back. You know, I don't know if he'll play, start both games, but he will be available both games. He took both games off. <laughs> both games after just I'm drunk in Ireland and I don't want to show up. Just couldn't be bothered. And when I asked Adam, like, hey, what happened? Why is he not in the lineup? I just got gifs sent back at me. They were like, I don't know. Like, you work there. You can't go walk two cubicles over and be like, hey, why is Robbie Keane? Because I'm the PR guy and I should release comp- like accurate public information. Like, this dude could not care less that he had lied to the public and had given out inaccurate information. That people relied on him for on his inaccurate information. He was just like, whatever. So whenever I start saying bad things about Adam Serrano and the Los Angeles Galaxy, that is where my hatred comes from. And it'd be like, it, oh, and, it, and this was back before unlimited transfers, I think. <laughs> so like people had been bringing him in for a massive double game week for the Los, for Galaxy, because especially being Robbie Keane was huge back then. And it just torpedoed so many teams, including my own. Um, I think the only thing that saved me was we got that lineup right before lock. And so like, if, if you were on Twitter and on your phone, you were able to bail. But I mean, it was a disaster. I think Robbie Keane, I, so I have a great history of missing hat tricks, but I think Robbie Keane might've been my first one uh, that I actually had. And uh, I know there was one point when, I think right when Mike McGee went to LA, he had a great game and I had Mike McGee on my team as well mm-hmm. that week. I think he got like two assists or something. Uh, but I had Mike McGee as well, and hold on just a second. You guys vamp. I have to go let my dog in because she is scratching at the door, even though my on-air <laughs> sign is on. Uh, I mean, very, very rude of that dog. Yeah, I mean, oh, man. I mean, we we got burned so many times with the, the transfers. I mean, it's, you know, especially before unlimited transfers, like you had to make it in that hour. I, I do have a lot of memories of just like the panic in that hour, especially on a double game week Wednesday. It's five, usually it's five o'clock for me here in Louisiana. And just, oh my gosh, that person's not in the lineup. Why is he not in the lineup? I have no idea. Is he hurt? Am I going to bring him in and just like Discord, fantasy boss chat, whatever, just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And that was a classic example because everyone in the Discord chat started, started adding me, being like, uh, MLS injury news at Mike the Tiger. What? what why is Robbie King not in here? Is this? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Lied to you. <laughs> that's that's a memory. I'm glad I don't have to make any more. Mike's got it right. Like that hour because Central Time, seven o'clock kickoff means six o'clock our time. So we have an hour, and that's right when I was getting off work. I remember a few times that I would actually pull over on the shoulder of the highway because I was sitting there refreshing Twitter on my way home looking for lineups because my wife didn't want me to be really late getting home and I couldn't just sit in the office for 30 minutes waiting to see a lineup. And I would pull over on the side of the highway and make my changes because I saw a lineup do something drastic that I had to fix it right then. (laughs) And I knew if I went home, I wasn't going to make it in time to set my lineup. Yeah, Uh, there's a Walmart (laughs) near my house. That's my my key, like, if I had to pull over fantasy. (laughs) So I've got three from Skylar Redpath who sent some of these in. I did. I added him as well, and he was a great sport and sent some of these back in. So from one of the most prolific winners in fantasy history, we have three of his moments. Uh, We'll stagger these. Uh, First one, he takes it back to 2016 to the Houston Dynamo Fantasy Point Bonanza in their their first game of the 2016 season he had it was against the colorado rapids he had brian ching captained and he had Dwayne de rosario on his team as well and he also had wade barnett back in that day too so 
Uh, for those of you who may not remember, uh, that was a 5-2 to two beatdown provided by the Houston Dynamo against Colorado. Brian Ching got four of those goals, and uh, Dwayne DiRosario logged an assist. Um, I think he said four assists, but according to the official stats back then, he only got one of the assists. But he still got an assist, and uh, Barrett got... Uh, another one of the early assists as well so he got four goals and two assists and well those four goals came from his captain so fantasy he tells us talk about a massive fantasy point haul right there as a way to start the season um and he believes that it kick-started his first ever top five finish so that was where all of his success began right there so wow can you imagine that what's do you have a, a time when you've had a, a goal scorer who's gotten I mean, a hat trick's hard enough to get. Have you ever guys had had someone who's gotten more than three goals? Um, I think on a double game week, I had a four-one. Yep, that could be seen. Oh, and Skyler's in four assists with uh, Skyler. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at at uh, who not who scored. I'm looking at transfer market right here, and they say that it's uh, Brian yeah, that might Mullen. Not count as a secondary assist. Well, they didn't have secondary assists back then because that's a garbage stat. It says Brian Ching and Wade on the first one, Brian Ching and Brian Mullen on the second one, again on the third one, and then Brian and Dwayne on the fourth one. So I'm not seeing it, Skyler. But, I mean, maybe maybe the people who were doing the injury report were running the, the points back then. I don't know. That that could be that could be what it was. And maybe this is just modified for Opta, but that's – he says check the box scores. I mean, maybe he did. He did send me a box score. I, I, he did send me the box score. So, so I did not. I just looked at at the who scored, right there. Um, that does remind me. In 2013, I was trying to see how big I could get my team value, and that was when we still had the EPL based system. Then a point one, point two, a point three rise for your for your players based on the transfers, and this is like a horrible memory, but also a great memory. I was partnered with some people, uh, with Brian Cullimore in particular, and we were working out doing some, trying to do some stats work to figure out how the transfer algorithm was working and what the thresholds were for getting certain players. And I had this spreadsheet that, that he had helped worked up where you could do some scrapes and plug in some numbers and figure out if a player was going to change that week to know how to spend your one or two transfers. And in 2013, I did not finish in like the top 25 or wherever it was that, that I did in that, that one great year, but I had the highest team value of any player that season. I think it was one, it was either 125 or 127, which is like nothing now in the way the game works but that was pretty wild back then but i it was it was it was in the upper 120s and so that was a a really great moment that i remember of just having the uh, a a brag that means absolutely nothing because you get no points for having the most the most budget but but that was a real fun time uh let's see here let's get another one of skylar's right now uh unless some of you go from chat want to share some more post them post them right there what about those of you who might have been in older goalers leagues or or uh mike all those times your son beat you uh i mean that that was pretty awesome because i mean he 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 was definitely into it the first half of last season we we ended up dropping off at the second half because there's so many double game weeks that it basically gave us like one day um Mm -hmm. or, or two you know in order to get it done um and with homework and fall practice and all that and you know fell by the wayside but i mean he 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 loved it it was so cool when he beat me that first time i was like the hell no not yet <laughs> yeah it's 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 really weird when your son starts beating you at stuff like legit <laughs> like especially like there's a star wars video game star wars battlefront and i think he's better at it than i am and i i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to skylar's second one he said uh when skylar won the 2011 grand prize skylar how many uh grand prizes have you won when he won the 2011 Grand Prize, he had a big, sweet, uh, is this here? A big, sweet, late, in, a big, sorry, a big, he did really great late in the season. I, I messed up my, my copy paste here. Um, and he was a neck, a big sweat. There we go. A big sweat late in the season where he was neck and neck with his closest competitor. He needed something out of his captain 
Thierry Henry, whom his opponent did not have. That's That was always great when we had these head-to-head matches to go in and look when it would give you little previews of which characters hadn't had characters, which players had and hadn't played. I've been gaming too much over this quarantine. And uh, to figure out where your advantage might be, that's that's always been fun. But he had Thierry Henry. His opponent did not have that. And the Red Bulls in their late game uh, versus the Galaxy. Uh, so um, Skyler's opponent had some decent chances throughout the match. But then finally, uh, Thierry Henry put away one with a breakaway goal in the 60th minute. And uh, that just kissed off the far post. Skyler... Skylar definitely is romanticizing this with these little excellent words. But I think I remember that goal. I think I remember that, how he just sort of slipped right in right there. And uh, he was jumping around in his living room because that goal is what punched Skylar's ticket to be the VIP guest at the 2012 MLS All-Star Game. So I can I can just imagine. I've, I've had some of those moments as well, but not with that much on the line right there. Uh, and then speaking of the 2012 all-star game Skyler's third moment and I think this is an absolute fantastic moment right there um he has to bring up when he met Wando uh, he was on the bus ride back from the post game where they were celebrating the hotel in Philadelphia and uh Wando sat down in the seat right in front of him and they talked soccer over ice cold Budweiser not sponsored but we'll happy to take it Uh, during the ride to the hotel and he took the opportunity to thank him for what he was doing with his part uh, to win the trip and uh, also talked about the NCAA time at being a division two forward which Skyler was also a forward in college and uh, thanked him for what it was to be just encouraging to see someone overcome the odds to become one of the most lethal goal scorers in MLS meeting players is always awesome especially when they helped you win fantasy prizes right there Uh, for me it's definitely having Quincy come on to the show uh, in the first season of Fantasy Insider. And I think for a lot of you listening, those of you who were with us last week, having Quincy in chat interact with some of you guys, I really saw some people and saw some posts on Twitter where people found that was really fun. So you've had a similar experience uh, right there. Do you guys have a moment? I just want to say I wish MLS had pushed um, more of the winner stories, you know, because having cool prizes and having, you know, stories from the winners that could be a great article that, you know, great thing to publish to attract people like, hey, I want to sit in a bus and drink beer with Wondolowski. Who doesn't? I would love <laughs> Wondolowski. I don't care if he won me anything or not. I'm, I'm not a D2 forward. I just think drinking beer with Wando would be great. Um, you know, I, I could share the stories about how, how, you know, the guy who hated him the most in show league um, then was forced to play him. And now people said to Wondolowski jerseys. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I wish MLS would publish stories of winning and have prizes that were conducive to having great, oh my gosh, I won this. I got to do this. This was so cool. I had this great experience. Thanks, MLS Fantasy. <laughs> no, these moments are great. And I think that's what uh, a lot of us really play I thought you had her upside down for a second, Blaine. Uh, I think that's what a lot of us really play for is to have have some of this. And that's what makes it fun is I always encourage people to do this every year. And it's not just about getting the highest score. Like this year, you could be in the top 50 multiple times and still have a chance to make the Champions League. So that's cool. That's definitely a moment you can build up to is how you were able to have that run that got you to the top 50 to make the Champions League. That's a great thing. But playing in your head-to-heads, playing for whatever weird thing you want to do, the people who do keeper leagues or the people who do the the um, FPL-style fantasy trading, they organize it through through the fantasy system, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, is fun and so it builds your fantasy moments that you get to remember going forward and and i'm pretty bad about these are just some of the ones that really just stand out in my head because it's it's hard sometimes with all these things that happen some of these some of these moments just bleed together um but i do remember the the night i was playing bar trivia at uh at local local place near me and eric winalda called me and he had seen some of the stuff with fantasy and he was calling to 
to that was when I first got invited to come on to one of the Sirius XM shows and so like getting a phone call getting an email for, so it was like, like it wasn't like out of the blue like he had emailed me that kind of stuff and so I gave the numbers but like to actually get a phone call from somebody like that was just a wild a incredibly wild moment and it was because of fantasy that 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 stuff happened so um that's that's been a fun memory as well that that I get to share and it was actually super fun because um he uh, he followed me on Twitter, and I went to a I think it was U.S. versus Guatemala up in Columbus, and I saw someone with an Eric Winalda jersey, and I was like, "Hey, that's awesome! Let me get a picture of that." And the guy was like, "All right," and he gave me a weird look, and I was like, "No, no, I like I'm friends with Winalda on on Twitter, so I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 tag him." And and so sure enough, yeah, I tagged him, and he responded back to, him. and the guy was like, "Whoa!" So I was like, "Yep, <laughs> yep, I'm 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 a nobody still, but I know Eric Winalda, so I just made your day. That was that was really fun." Um, Reed, I had one more while we're give it, on it. Give it, yeah, we're winding down. Since I've got the little one here, um, let's go back to 2017, and this isn't necessarily a fantasy moment; it's more of just a community moment. That I was sitting in a hospital room for in the NICU with Lily, who you can see how big she is now. And she she, you, she muted you, Blaine. <laughs> she's she's so big there that she's unplugged back? you. There you go. You're back. You're back. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying, she was born early and small. And just being part of this community and this podcast and everything was just a little bit of normalcy for me. Um, just I, re- I don't know who in the community will remember it, but I remember saying I'm I'm, broad- I'm coming to you live from Lily's hospital room right now. And I was sitting there on my phone <laughs> in the hospital room, yep. sometimes with Lily laying on me doing this show. And it's just here she is now picking my captains for me when I remember to let her pick. Because she's better <laughs> at picking captains than I am. But here she is now. But she was such a I mean, this community was so helpful through that time. And I think everybody's got those memories of when they first joined a bigger community for fantasy and really got involved and got to know people. And I know that's a, it's been a highlight for mine and I've got a lot of really good memories, but I'm sure everybody here has memories of being part of the community and chat and either discord or Twitter or Reddit, or, I mean, just the ones that show up here every week. Well, that's all that I have as far as my moments. I've gone through all of the the, the moments that were sent to me. Uh, let me check Twitter real quick. Uh, let's see here. Backseat manager, a piece of MLS fantasy history here. Uh, this game is the origin of Dare to Opara. Oh, we should have. Uh, that could have been one in in contention for uh, for our. Uh, Mount Rushmore, yeah, Opara, Ike Opara coming in and uh, getting a header in Sporting Kansas City versus New York City FC uh, back in 2017. Yeah, Dare to Opara, Dare, hashtag Dare to insert player's name. That started with Ike Opara right there, and it's usually defender-focused of when you're being so daring that you're going to go with uh, a defender as your captain, which Adam actually did successfully as well, we already mentioned. Uh, but yeah, Dare to Opara, that's that's a good one. That is a good one. Backseat Manager used to do some uh, fantasy stuff as well. And I met him when I went to Colorado to see the MLS All-Star game when they played against Tottenham. So that was that was a fun little time right there. Uh, all right, well, that's all I have. Do you guys have anything else before we wind down? Otherwise, I'm just going to... That's it. Well, uh, everyone, we've come to that time. We did very well at sticking closer to that one-hour mark this week, as we joked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, MLS games are going to be gone for about another month at least. What's that comeback date, Mike? Um, I think I I, I, don't, I don't remember eighth. if they have last, an official. Last I heard was June eighth. June eighth, earliest. Yeah. So we're going to be doing these uh, suspension episodes for at least another month. So send us your ideas. Like I said, our our final episode once we get the confirmation of games came back will be the uh, all time greatest MLS fantasy lineup. So we'll take points MLS three point MLS fantasy three point and try to build the best team that we have based on the top point scores from there. So I'll try to give a list of the top point scores at that point, but then also we'll clearly defenders don't make it that list. So we'll have to do some adjustments to get the best team with defenders and keepers 
uh, right there. But so that's going to be our final episode, but we need some more content between there. And thank you so much, everyone who's been suggesting content so far. I hope you guys have liked what we've been doing, but we want to want to have more ideas, want to talk about what you all want. And we can branch a little bit off of soccer if you guys would like to do that. Uh, but um, send them to send it to us on Twitter, send them to me in the email, whatever you would like to do. Just let us know what you want to hear. And we're happy to put that content together for you uh mike has pulled off a game of villainous so if you guys would like to have us play a board game uh live we can definitely do that that would be interesting uh i mean it's not really too hard but uh, we could we could play some board games live we could again we could always do star wars talk or we could do uh, anything that you guys would like so just hit us up let us know what you would like anything you guys want to plug before we go nope nope all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Be sure uh, to be safe at home uh, and uh, stay healthy at home. Stay safe during this time, and we will get through this together. So uh, thank you tonight, and good luck.